Well, good morning, Northridge. Wherever you're, you're joining us from, one of our campuses, it's good to have you. Thanks for taking just a slice of your Memorial Day weekend uh, to be with us here this morning. And I hope the, the boat awaits you. I hope the, the barbecue awaits you. Maybe it's the Sunday afternoon nap. Uh, but uh, thanks for, again, taking a small chunk out of your day to be with us. Uh, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 26, verses 20 through 22. Uh, so why don't you grab your phone or your Bible? I'll meet you there in a little bit. Uh, in 1960, a man by the name of Richard Leghorn named the time of history that we currently live in the Information Age. And while this was true in 1960, it's even more true today. Uh, Our current cultural moment is full of information and and we don't have to wait to get it. Whether it's your daily newspaper or it's your television, your computer, or the phone in your pocket or in your hand right now, information is always at hand. It's always waiting for us and we don't have to wait to get it. Also, if you don't get new information anytime soon, the fear of missing out starts to rush into our hearts, into our minds, making us feel like we're left out or we're all alone. Not only is information always waiting for us, but so is gossip, lies, and as the young people put it, the tea. So Connell, what tea do you have for us this morning? A TMZ is an American celebrity news site, and it had an annual revenue of $126.3 million made from releasing gossip daily. An analysis done by the New York Times and other advertising professionals estimated that $3 billion was made in the past year by the gossip industry. The industry is a tycoon in itself, but just as much as we can look to the internet and to organizations like TMZ, we can also look at gossip within us and the relationships around us. And when it becomes personal, the results of gossip become wounding to us and to others. So welcome to church. (laughs) If you haven't uh, guessed it already, our topic of choice today is gossip in our series on the subtle sins of society. Gossip is a subtle sin. And if we searched deep within our hearts this morning, uh, there may be a story of gossip that affected the ways in which we live today. We were once so wounded by by what was said behind our backs about us that wasn't true or that was skewed Maybe it wasn't you, but it was a close friend or a family member that has been so extremely wounded by gossip that they live differently. We all know stories like this, stories like these. What do you say to the teenager who sits weekly in counseling and therapy because of the years of gossip his friends spewed about his smile? What do you say to the woman who physically can't eat because of the giggles of other women shaming her for the way she looks in those jeans? What about the hard worker that works tirelessly to provide for their family, yet their coworkers gossip about them and, and put them in a slothful light? What about the family member that never gets invited to the family gatherings just based on what other family members say, that they're odd, that they're weird, that they're different? Gossip rages from major to minor. It rages from TMZ to little conversations and subtle side remarks. 
And Christians confess their lusts, their angers, their anxieties, their gluttony, but rarely do we confess the little subtle side conversations of gossip that we have throughout our days and throughout our weeks. And I don't just stand here preaching at you, but I stand up here just as guilty. We find joy in other people's shame. That's why we gossip and that's why we listen to gossip. We think we're better than others and so we cut down others like we learned about last week, like the Pharisee to the tax collector. We find joy in it. If you were to jump on your phone and look up the Google definition of gossip, it would show this, casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. Maybe a more helpful definition for our time together this morning. Uh, Gossip is sharing unhelpful and or unnecessary information about someone who isn't present. Gossip is sharing unhelpful and or unnecessary information about someone who isn't present. Dr. Marcel Just is a neuroscientist and he's a professor and he did a bunch of studies on the brain and different abstract ideas on the brain. And two of the abstract ideas that Dr. Marcel Just uh, compared were gossip and spirituality. And so you're going to see a graphic on the screen behind me, and you'll notice a couple things. Uh, There's some circles that are circling active parts in the brain, and the more red means the more active. And you'll notice that when people either thought about gossip or about gossiping, that their brains were extremely active. And on the flip side, when people were thinking about spiritual things or some some things of the spiritual nature, you'll notice that the brain was very much less active. Very much less active. So we have an idea now of what gossip is. We know that it's a problem. We know our world loves doing it, and we know our sinful hearts love doing it. We even know that the brain itself actually lights up just at the very thought of gossip itself. So if this is what gossip is this morning, what does the Bible say about it? And what does the Bible say not just about gossip, but those who do gossip or gossipers? And so Proverbs 26, 20 through 22. Without wood, a fire goes out. And without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Proverbs 26 addresses actually more about the person who gossips rather than gossip itself. In fact, the wisdom literature talks about those who gossip are like what wood is to a fire. Those who gossip are like kindling to quarreling. So what does the Bible say about gossipers? We learn that the gossipers, they carry a quarreling disposition. Those who gossip have a combative way about them. They have an argumentative way about them. They have this confrontational way about them. Again, like wood to a bonfire, a gossip fires up quarreling. Provoking words, unkind tempers, quarreling, they all stand in the way of the peace that God has called us to, both to be people of peace 
and to pass peace. And so a question for you this morning is, are you a carrier of peace or are you a carrier of gossip? Because the truth is you can't carry peace if you carry gossip. The proverb continues by telling us that the words of a gossip, they go down to the inmost parts of us. They go down uh, to the deepest, the gut, the belly. Like the stories we told earlier, gossip affects the deepest parts of us. And the scripture's wisdom literature takes it so seriously that the proverb says it's like choice morsels or like choice death. It's almost like saying those who deposit gossip, they actually deposit death. Death. Theologian Joseph Benson says it like this, the words of a gossip, they slander his neighbor. They're like wounds. They deeply wound the reputation and afterward the heart of the slandered person. They go down, they wound mortally, piercing to the heart, which is often meant by the belly. This might be TMI for you on a Sunday morning, but in 2021, I got a stomach biopsy. And so they rolled me into this back room, uh, they knocked me out, and they put a scope down into my stomach. And uh, what I didn't know and, and learned in 2021 is everything that was happening in my gut was uh, affecting my whole person. Uh, it, it affected my chest and my heart. It was giving me literal physical pain, all from what was happening in my stomach. And just like issues in your stomach, they can affect your holistic health. Those who gossip, they tear down the whole person. When we gossip, it's not just like we take a little bit of the person. No, it's the whole person that's affected by it. Like cancel culture kills people's reputation, gossip kills the whole person. And so another question for you this morning is, are you someone that builds up in love? Or are you someone who tears down in gossip? Do you build up in love or do you tear down in gossip? Because you can't carry love if you carry gossip. And as I was preparing for uh, this sermon, I was more aware of my own gossip. That I was more aware of what was coming out of my mouth as well as what was happening in conversations around me. I needed this sermon. It's important. It's important to understand what's coming out of our mouth, what we're saying, what's being said in the conversations around us. I need to be more aware of where I'm falling short. And what I love about uh, Proverbs 26 here is not only does it tell us who a gossiper is, which we've all found out is not good, but actually it also tells us how do we cut this out? How do we cut this subtle sin out of our lives? How do we get rid of it? Proverbs 26:20. Without wood, a fire goes out. And without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Yes, gossipers carry this quarreling disposition about them. Yes, gossipers add to the quarreling like wood keeps a fire going. So what does this Proverbs tell us? Stop adding wood to the fire. Stop adding wood to the fire. Stop adding quarrels to the quarreling. Like forest fires can only be prevented by you. You can prevent gossip. You can. We do such a good job at clothing our gossip as well. Such a good job of it. Will you pray over this situation as we spill gossip all over the prayer request? 
hey, I, I need wisdom for this situation as we spill gossip all over what was supposed to be wisdom. We vent very unhealthily to one another about others. But this Proverbs, it tells us what to do. It says, stop clothing your gossip. Stop adding wood to the fire. You can stop carrying gossip and you can start carrying peace. And the words of a gossip that make their way to the gut can be prevented by carrying love. Like Dr. Olson told me to watch what I'm putting in my body, greasy foods, carbonation, coffee, they're irritants for the stomach. Love is an action in which we can drive out the gossip in our lives. I love how Proverbs 17 verse 9 puts it. It says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. If you study briefly what fostering something or someone means, it means to encourage the development of that person or of that thing. Some of my best friends, they're actually at our Webster campus, Jeremy and Chelsea Laskowski. They've added a foster son to their family this year. And it's been such a joy to watch them raise this little boy. God has entrusted them to help bring him up, to encourage the development of him, to put clothes on his back, to give him a bed, a place to stay, uh, to give him love, care, and affection, and so on. And just like my friends, the Laskowskis, are fostering this little boy whom I love deeply, you can also foster the words that come out of your mouth. You can foster them. Just like God has entrusted these friends to raise this boy, we need to be a people who foster love and friendship, not people who foster gossip. And unfortunately, I think if we look at the track record of the church, if we look at the track record of ourselves, we do a better job of fostering gossip, not fostering love. And so for you this morning, will you be a person who fosters a kingdom of love or a kingdom of gossip? Will you be a person that fosters a family of love or a family of gossip? Will you be a person or a friend that fosters love in their relationships or gossip in their relationships? Shortly before Jesus went to the cross, he prayed. And he prayed for the disciples, he prayed for the church, he prayed for himself. And this is the prayer that the Gospel of John gives us in John chapter 17. It's called the High Priestly Prayer. And this is what we see. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. That's important. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one, there it is again, as we are one, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. If we pause for a second and we take just a quick flyover of the church in the church's record, it's very easy for us to see the disunity that's muddied relationships, that's put cracks in unity, and that's overthrown many conversations. People gossip for what they think is unity, but it creates disunity. Jesus knew the temptation of the tongue. 
He knew the disunity that would stand in the way of love and that would stand in the way of church on mission. He knew it. He knew the tongue's temptations and he knew what it could do between unity and disunity. And so he prays for us. He prays for the church. And Jesus centers his entire prayer around unity. And the pattern of this unity that Jesus desires from his church is his relationship with God the Father. Jesus says, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they, may us, may you, would we be completely unified, complete unity in the foundation of this unity. It's abiding in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's abiding in his word. It's about staying connected to Jesus. And get this, the purpose of unity, the purpose of unity is to be a people of unity, both in the church's walls and beyond. But here's the problem with gossip. Those who gossip are far from unified. They're far from unified. So if we've gotten caught in this subtle sin, if we've gotten caught and trapped in it, if it's silently entangling and controlling our tongues, how do we be a people of peace? How do we be a people of love? How do we be a people of unity in a culture that's obsessed and put millions of dollars in gossip? How do we do it? What do we do? I have uh, the great opportunity of ministering to our students here, our 6th through 12th graders. And I try to end every sermon that I give them with a practice or an implementation, something we can get moving in our lives. We want to start to practice the way of Jesus starting now. And so that's what I want to do for us this morning. What's a practice? What can we do? Jesus prays in John 17 that we would be people that are unified and that we would promote unity. And the only way we can do that is by abiding in him. So here's our practice for the week. When gossip's in front of you, when it's on the tip of your tongue, not only are we gonna put out the fires, but we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray for those who we're tempted to gossip about. We're gonna pray for them. Prayer is our practical antidote for gossip. Prayer is our extinguisher of gossip. Prayer is our practice this week. Leonard Ravenhill says this. He says, notice we never pray for folks we gossip about. And we never gossip about the folk for whom we pray. For prayer is a great deterrent. Have you ever started praying for someone that you wanted to gossip about? Have you ever started praying for someone that you have strife or controversy with? Your heart begins to change. And all of a sudden you start to walk by this person and love wells up within you. And you start to be in conversations with them and love wells up within you and you go, God, hold on, this isn't right. No, it's exactly right. It's exactly what God wants for love to well up within you. And Jesus can change our hearts through prayer when we pray for the people that we want to gossip about. Paul said to the church of Ephesus, he said, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And we can only do that by remaining in Jesus and by practicing a life that prays for the people that we want to gossip about. And I trust that as we do that this week, Jesus will begin to change our hearts through prayer. I trust that we'll start to look like the people that Jesus prayed that we would be a people of unity, a people who make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
And this won't just help our personal gossip either. But as we begin to pray for the people that we want to gossip about, we will begin to put out the fires and the conversations that we're in and that we're around because you can't gossip alone. And for those conversations that are turning into gossip, instead of adding to the fire, we'll have to start asking questions like this. Have you talked to that person about that? Do they know about that? I I don't know if that's true about them. In statements like these, you should go talk to them about that. They should hear that from you. And so on. Before you go, I would love to just end with a scripture that when you're tempted to gossip, when you're in conversations of gossip, that you could hold on to a scripture that you could recall to your mind, that you could speak over your mind and speak over conversations that you're in. And it's Ephesians 4.29. It says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit, that it may benefit those who listen. As you practice praying for those in which you want to gossip about, as you put out the fires in gossiping conversations, take this scripture with you. Take this scripture with you. My prayer for us is that we would be a people by the power of the Holy Spirit that would begin to build others up. And as you encourage and build other people up, you will be a person that people want to hear from. That when you walk into conversations, people will know that you're a person of peace, that you're a person of love, that you're a person of unity, and that when you engage in conversations, that you'd be someone who builds others up and that would, be, that would benefit them, that they would want to listen. That they would know you've spent so much time praying about the conversations that you're in, that whatever comes out of your mouth would be of peace, of love, and of unity. And the only way we do that, the only way we leave these walls, the only way we keep ourselves in this wall and we, and we accomplish this is by practicing the way of Jesus, not practicing the way of gossip. Would we be carriers of peace? Would we be carriers of love? And would we be people that are unified? And when culture looks at us, when people look at us, they would see a people that practice the way of Jesus, not people that are adding wood to the fires of gossip. Would you pray with me? God, that's our prayer this morning, that we would practice the way of Jesus, we would practice his words, that we wouldn't be a people of gossip, but we'd be a people of peace, a people of love, and a people of unity. And that when we are in conversations this week in the office, as a doctor or a nurse, in the classroom as either a teacher or a student, in our business marketplaces, God, wherever we are, we'd be carriers of peace, love, and unity. People that are practicing the way of Jesus, not the way of gossip. By the power of your spirit, help us do that today and this week in Jesus' name.